Hello everyone, welcome back to the No Spin Dash Zone. My name is Charlie, I am one of your fabulous co-hosts, and I am joined as always with... Isaiah, your other fabulous co-host. Hi, I'm Steven. <laughs> you just breaking the format? Come on. Oh. Hey, hey, man, let's just let's, oh. let's go with it, you know? We Okay, so we have two fabulous co-hosts and whatever Steven is. Yeah, I wouldn't describe myself <laughs> as fabulous usually. <laughs> well, to each their own. Do you have to leave the house to be fabulous? Uh, if you do, then I am this, definitely not fabulous. Do you need, like, validation to be fabulous? Well, is that what you're saying? I just feel like fabulous is in the eye of the beholder. Hey, man, I'm, like, tired, and I just wanted to say something cool. When you look in the mirror, do you ever wink to yourself? Uh, sometimes. Do you ever, do you ever finger guns? Um, no, I, I, I don't finger gun. I, I occasionally think. power stance, though. Do you, uh, you, okay, that's, that's fabulous. I'm fabulous. I'm not. I don't. Do you ever give yourself bedroom eyes? I don't think the lighting is good enough for it to be fabulous. <laughs> Do you ever give yourself bedroom eyes when you look in the mirror? Sometimes. I guess when I'm tired, because that's kind of the same thing. Isaiah, where are you going with Do this? Do you ever give yourself a knowing smile? I don't know anything when I smile. If. <laughs> Hey guys, I just realized we didn't talk about the game. We're playing Sonic Rush Adventure. <laughs> it's a sequel to Sonic Rush. Yeah. And not a sequel to Sonic Adventure 2. Released on the DS in 2000-something. Seven, probably. Probably seven, yeah. I played this game when I was a kid. I was like 11, and I played my cousin's copy. And yeah. they had already beaten the first few levels, so I kind of just kept playing. I played this at Isaiah's house once. Yeah. And I wanted to go to a level, so I took a jet ski, but I didn't know how the jet ski worked, and I just got mad at it and didn't play it. I played this game at my house because I owned it. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. And, like, the first half of my... Like, I, I played the game almost to the end, and then, like, a couple years passed, and then I played it, and I beat it, and I almost got all of the Chaos Emeralds, but... I didn't because it's the worst thing in the universe to do. I'm not convinced that the last level is any harder than any other 7th Chaos Emerald level in previous Sonic games. I don't It's It feels harder. I don't, I don't know. I had trouble with the 7th Chaos Emerald level in the last Rush game. Yeah. I have trouble with the 3rd Chaos Emerald level in Sonic 2. I feel like I must have don't gotten... Don't you mean Sonic... Oh, Sonic 2, yeah. Yeah, Sonic 2 is rough. Yeah. Well, did you have trouble with, like, Triple Trouble or Chaos in, like, the third level? That was different, because those ones aren't a consistent setting. Oh, yeah, But yeah, Chaos yeah. was the one where you, on the third level, you go into, like, a tube, and it shoots you into a room that has another tube, and then it just oh, does that yeah. three times, and it just wastes all your... Oh, that's a weird thing. But, yeah. Uh, do you think we're ready to start talking about Sonic Rush Adventure? Yeah, I think maybe we should, we should get around to Sonic Rush Adventure. <laughs> so, effectively, the gameplay here is exactly the same as Sonic Rush. You can play as Sonic or Blaze. In this case, all of their progress is t together. So it's just based on whether or not you want to play as Blaze if you choose her. And she's also not unlocked right away. I think you have to get through three levels before you can play as her. Yeah. Yeah. But at that point, whenever you start a level, it just says, hey, do you want to play as Sonic or Blaze? And you can choose. And then... I like that. You yeah, gotta play I... through the whole zone as her. It reminds me of Super Mario Galaxy 2... Where after a while, Luigi will just show up in a galaxy and he's like, hey, you want me to play? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, I could just play as Luigi. Yeah. Or just, like, there there are plenty of games that I've played, especially more recent games, where if there are multiple characters, you can just choose whichever one you want. And I much prefer that to the yeah. individual progress thing. Yeah. 
Especially if the stages are going to be all the same. Yeah. I'm kind of half and half with it. I like the way, like, you know, in Sonic Adventure, the same characters are, like, two different characters are playing through the same stages, like, for their own stories. Yeah. But in Sonic Adventure 2, each character has their own stages made for their abilities. Right. And if you can't do that, just not requiring you to play the same stage twice is the best option. Yeah, I think there are plenty of little solutions around it, but I think that this might right. have been the most elegant one for this game in particular. Yeah. However, you can there are situations where you do need to play stages twice, but right. Not like you don't necessarily have to do the two acts and the boss. You can do whichever you want, and we're gonna talk about that. Not quite yet. Yeah, it's about halfway yeah. through the docket, as it's called. But yeah. the only real addition here is that the little... I don't know what to call them. I, I refer to them as pylons at one point, but they're just the basically, like, lumps. They're different things for different levels, but when you run into them, the, your character will do, like, a hand plant, and if you hit the B button with the right timing, they shoot upwards higher than they would normally jump. Yeah. Yeah, this it's game, a lot like those things they had in Rivals. Exactly. This game has those instead of the... I think they kind of replaced the spinning, like, grab-on things from Sonic yeah. Rush and the Sonic Advance games. Isn't that the thing that took you to the special stages? Yeah, but also they had ones that were just for uh, maneuvering. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And those are pretty much gone. They have a few of those thi of similar things. I think I encountered one in the ghost ship level. Or not the ghost ship level, the the mechanical island one. The yeah. One. They also have, like, vines, but they're yeah. just not as present. They're just, like, a couple one-off things for a certain right. setting. Yeah. But they do also have the, you have to go a certain speed to use it, like, stage transitions. Yeah. There's a tree that grabs you and puts you somewhere else on the first level, and then they've also got the wooden... He's got a smile. Yeah, he does have a big smile. They've also got the wooden arm that you run into, and then your character grabs it, and then it swings down and puts them on the next section. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good shenanigans that make use of the two screens just visually. Right. Like, that thing specifically, I think it always takes you from one of the screens to the other screen. Like, it doesn't just move you vertically. Right. It moves you vertically on the two screens. Did the first game do that? A couple times. Yeah, there were there were a couple like the uh, the the watermill. That was exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's that's okay. the best example of that. It's it's more scripted though, not like Yoshi's Island DS where it's just like oh you can just switch screens. Yeah. Right. I also like this game has these drums that kind of act like springs when you hit one of them it just sends you onto a drum and that shoots you to another drum and that shoots you to another drum they're like musical drums yeah yeah but it like puts you in the foreground so it's a nice cool effect it's not just right. like oh go from spring to spring that's why it looks great and you can also do tricks the whole time oh i didn't know that am i wrong or does this game just use 3d more than sonic rush yeah it feels like it plays with the foreground and background a lot yeah and I think that, in general, visually, this game is a slight upgrade from Sonic Rush. And I think yeah. that the level design might be a tiny downgrade. It's tough to tell. I think that, in general, these yeah. levels are just easier. Yeah, they're definitely easier. On the bright side, there are no uh, enemy rooms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A vast improvement. I mean, we haven't. I don't think any of us have played the last two sections this time. Yeah. There are two yeah. levels that we haven't played, but for everything up until then, it, it feels pretty smooth. And the challenge... There is a challenge at the end. They ha this game has the same kind of sky level that we saw in the Sonic Advance games and even Sonic Pocket Adventure, the, the, the Dimps classic, if you will. Yeah. 
It has a sky level that has bottomless pits and some precision platforming. But even that's not too bad. It's doable for sure. But other than that, this game also brings back bosses. It's a transition for you, Charlie. Oh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I'm distracted again. It's okay. Oh, no. Are you if looking you want, at Judge if you want. No, no, bosses? That's bosses. the one. So I picked up this game from the game store like a week or so ago, and I just didn't know how to reset the file, so I just played through the first three levels, and the bosses seem really easy, and I still kind of stand by that now that I just played the fourth boss. Yeah. But, like, you can replay the bosses at a harder difficulty for, like, little missions, and usually that's how you get soul emeralds for Blaze. Right. Mm -hmm. But they aren't, like, as stupidly unfair as some of the original Rush bosses, like the one they reused a few times, but, like... Right. I think what I do like about them, and that's a, a very small thing, is that they're not Eggman bosses, technically. Right, they're still <laughs> yeah. robotic, but... But, like, they're not piloted, they're just kind of robots you get to fight. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of cool. Like, you fight a giant T-Rex, and then the second one is, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, like, it's got pendulum balls that you have to knock into it. It's like a UFO that hangs wrecking balls. Yeah. And it has a face. Like, it has some kind of shape, but you don't really look at it too much because you're focusing on the bottom screen. I, yeah. I like that with that boss, like, there's a certain amount of physics that go into the pendulums because you got to hit them, and either they or you have to be going fast enough that when you hit it, it, like, goes far enough that it hits the boss again. Yeah. You know? I think overall these bosses are way easier than Sonic Rushes, but more interesting. And, like, yeah. more fun to play. My third boss is, like, an octopus boss, and I really enjoy how games might do an uh, octopus boss. Yeah. yeah. Or squid boss, whatever. In some ways, they kind of feel like remixes of the Rush bosses, because the first yeah. boss is definitely the hammer that we've experienced in many of the Dimps games. That's another Dimps Wow, classic. we didn't get a hammer boss. I mean, I guess the dinosaur has, like, a hammer, but that's, that's right. kind of pushing it. The dinosaur just slams its head into the ground. Right, he's a reference to the thing that we had in the first level from the previous rush, which is just, like, a neck with a ball on it. And he does similar things, but he's a lot easier, for sure. And then the octopus reminds me of the turtle that we had. Is it a turtle? Yeah. It's like it's like a turtle dinosaur from Rush. And the UFO kind of reminds me of the beetle, where you're running around a circle and you have to catch up to a thing to hit it, but it's a little different. Yeah. But they feel like they took ideas from Rush and kind of simplified them a little bit. Mm. The There is a pirate boss that is just a pirate with, like, a glowing ball in his chest. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just like a robot pirate. He doesn't remind me of anything from Rush, really. But what are you going to do? It was kind of cool, though. Have you guys yeah. gotten to the Sky Babylon boss? No. no. So it's the most interesting boss by far because it literally changes the gameplay to auto-scrolling and trying to avoid obstacles on the bottom screen. Uh, like oh, it's like, kind of fully, like fully 3D. Kind of like Sonic Advance 3 where you're chasing after where you're chasing after Eggman and you have to dodge stuff to get up to him? Yeah, well it's it's like uh, you are you are running like forward on the screen and you strafe left and right like Sonic and the Secret Rings. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's like fully 3D. It's like showing us what Sonic will become. Yeah, and then uh, the boss is on the top screen, and it's dropping stuff down on you, and you can use that stuff to launch yourself up onto the top screen where he has platforms, and it becomes 2D again on the top screen, 
and you have to hit him without falling back down into the 3D section. That sounds really exciting visually. It, it is very exciting visually, and it, it weirdly works really well. I want to say that I want to play more of this game after this episode, but yeah. in the history that has not happened very much. <laughs> yeah, same here. But I definitely, I like this game a lot. Like I said, I played it as a kid, and I kind of want to complete it, but there are a lot of things to do in this game. No, oh, yeah. There's way more than there was in Sonic Rush. Yeah, but overall, would we say that the bosses feel like an upgrade visually and a slight downgrade gameplay-wise? I think the the stages and the bosses are both easier than in Sonic Rush, but in yeah. the boss's case, that, like, is better, because I would rather it be easy and interesting than hard and interesting and then I lose interest because I'm just replaying the same boss again. Yeah. I think that's a funny way to look at it because I kind of see it as the opposite. I would rather the stages be a little bit easier and the bosses be harder because yeah. when you die in a stage, it takes a lot more time to get back to where you were, but when you die at a boss, you can just yeah. restart right away. I guess for me, there is one boss song. I, I mean, there's two. One of them is slightly more intense than the other and it happens halfway through the fight, but like every stage has a different song so if i die at least it's not at least i'm not listening to the song that i had been listening to the past like eight times i had died and had to start over you know sure that that makes sense but i just i feel like i got stuck on the second act of sky sanctuary yeah and uh, sky babylon sky <laughs> sky babylon sky sanctuary only has one act that's true sky <laughs> babylon from sonic writers is in this game yeah no acknowledgement to Sonic Riders, but it's just called Sky Babylon. But you go to that stage, and like I said earlier, that's the more difficult fall through the ground and die to instant kill planes. Yeah. And I got kind of exhausted at that point. And I feel like that never happens with a boss, even with the harder bosses. Yeah. Like, I felt that Sonic Rush had a boss that was much too difficult at the beginning. And not because of his pattern, but just because of one attack that had a weird hitbox. Uh, one attack that had a weird hitbox and was an insta-kill. Well, it it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. That that boss is weird. Because it's, it, it's not an insta-kill if it touches you. It's an insta-kill if it touches you the right way. Yeah. Well, and also at the same time, like I got super stuck at the final boss for Sonic Rush, but I yeah. never gave up. I was like, I want to keep playing it. And even though I was stuck, I was having fun fighting it. Right, and that boss theme is really good. Yeah. But I think that if that boss were instead a level... I would not yeah. have enjoyed Sonic Rush as much. And that's, I guess, my thing, is that when I have to play a level, it mm. feels really punishing. But when I have to play a boss, you reset, and it's still it'll only take like 45 seconds to beat yeah, most that's of fair. the bosses. Whereas a level can take up to five minutes in this game. Yeah. So, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a taste thing, I guess. Bosses no longer have a specific amount of hits, though. Now they have just a health bar, and it goes down by a certain amount every time you hit it. But, like... I think they might have some, different weak points. Yeah, some bosses, like, you can hit them differently. Like, with the Pendulum boss, I'm pretty sure all of the Pendulums he has deal a different amount of health. Yeah, the heavier yeah, the one. the bigger they are, the more damage they do, but also the harder they are to get to the boss. Yeah. Right. You have to hit the heavy one, like, three times before it'll do the full swing, usually. And I think the Ghost Ship boss, like, its core does more damage, but I think if you just hit it regularly... Yeah. With the core gone, it still does a, a smaller amount of damage. Right. They all, they're also just much faster in general than Sonic Rush. I think that's the one objective upgrade, is that the bosses took too long in Rush. Yeah. That's extremely real. The bosses are much shorter. Steven, how do you feel about the whale? <laughs> the whale... So, in this game, 
there's a boss that eats you after you survive a little, like, dodging portion. And then you have to run through a small level to beat him. Yeah, you're you're inside the whale. Yeah, it reminded me of the first final boss of Rush, where after you deal some damage to him, you have to, like, climb his arm. Yeah. I liked it myself. I don't know. How did you guys feel about it? I... Climbing the arm felt better than going inside a level that felt entirely separate to me. I think the level is too long, but I do like the idea of the boss swallowing you and yeah. then you dealing damage to its core. I think if it were a small level that was the same shape, but got iterated on like the arm, it would have been better. Yeah. But at this point, it felt almost like friggin' Lord Jabu Jabu's belly, where there's a whole dungeon inside of it. Yeah, and you have a time limit, but you can like hit parts of it to reset the time limit. Yeah. Which is mostly, I never really had trouble with it. I think that maybe the boss would have been better if it ate you and that was the whole boss instead of the back and forth. Yeah, I think Just I like agree you're talking with that. about, it feels separate. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say overall, the bosses aren't terrible. They're all right. We can all agree that the bosses are at least all right. Yeah. I think I think they're on the whole better than in Sonic Rush. I think Charlie disagrees with you. <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember a lot of the regular Rush boss, so you could be right. All right. So it's like, whatever. Fair enough. I, for, for all you know, I might remember these bosses more. Fair enough. So this game takes place in the ocean, mostly. Oh, on islands. Yeah. There's no actual water levels, are there? Even the coral level isn't actually a water level. Yeah, there are no water levels. You're absolutely right. I mean, it has water in it, but yeah. it's not... like you There's can... no hydrosity zone. <laughs> I mean, I think every level has a water segment. Not very big water segments, but... I mean, no one really likes the water segments in Sonic games, so it's no big yeah. loss. There's there's a lot more running on water than falling into it, in my experience. Yeah, and if you do fall in, it's like the bottom path for maybe one set, like one obstacle yeah. course, and you're back on, on dry land. So there are a bunch of different water-based vehicles uh, that you ride to explore an ocean. And when I say a lot, there are four. One of them is uh, a wave rider, which is... What's I mean? Is it just called a wave rider? Is that the the name it's of that vehicle? It's called like the Turbo Tornado Sonic Three Thousand or something. It's called yeah. like the blue the blue bomber. That's Mega yeah, Man. Yeah, but... probably. They're all by the way. All four of the vehicles have like different sort of gameplay associated with them. It's called the Wave Cyclone. The Wave Cyclone. With the Wave Cyclone, you're just sort of surfing on the the surface of the of the water. And you're trying to avoid obstacles by moving left and right in in an auto-scroll environment. Yeah, we should be clear that you use the stylus to maneuver the ship around. Oh yeah, that's that's how they justify it being a DS game. (laughs) And uh, you you dodge obstacles and you collect rings and you accumulate boost, which you can use to, to boost through obstacles. And also there are ramps. Actually... Now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it's pretty similar to the special stage gameplay in Sonic Rush, except yeah. instead of being a cone, it's a flat surface. Right. I, I think that in general, it's reminiscent of special stages, which makes sense because we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but the Wave Rider is what you do special stages on in this game. They are separate from the gameplay yeah. stages. And then after that, you unlock uh, a ship, which when you start riding the ship, the camera changes to like follow the side of the ship where a bunch of enemies will spawn and you have to shoot them down with three different bullet types and you can use the d-pad or any of the buttons to switch between those bullet types where you have uh, something that deals little damage but it reloads quickly three bombs that like have to have a delay before they actually hit and then fire which just is fire 
and puts things on fire. <laughs> so I think that we should clarify that slightly. <laughs> because I think that you didn't like the ship very much. Yeah. And I was more into it. Charlie, how do you feel about the ship? The ship is... I don't know. Because I, I feel like they want me to destroy like enemy ships with the cannonballs. But it, yeah. then I have to switch to bullets to like take out their cannonballs. So it just kind of seems like... I don't really know what my aim is. No pun intended. There are a lot of enemies right. that just have so much health that I don't feel like anything I'm doing like is working plus the cannonballs miss half the time well yeah and also sometimes you just like your trip will end suddenly because you'll just find rocks and you're not like <laughs> expecting there to be rocks i hate i hate just kind of like going in blindly to somewhere and just like oh there's rocks i gotta go a different path now yeah i didn't experience that as much and i'm not sure how our so process differed i remember when i was young i experienced it all the time but on this playthrough, I only it only actually happened to me once or twice. It happened to me once when I tried to go to the ice area before going where the game wanted me to, and that yeah. was because I was, you know, that made sense to me because I was trying to go off the beaten path, and the yeah. game was like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I can see how that would be super annoying because you want to find things in this game. Yeah. So there's kind of a clear way to explore. There is, on the map, you'll see kind of these little, like, dots even in unexplored regions that imply raised land. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a little more shallow area, but sometimes it's an island. And when you want to go to the ocean, you like pick a starting point and you draw a line to wherever you want to go using the stylus. But in my experience, the thing that I liked about the ship was that you have to use the three different tools differently for each enemy. Because it's yeah. not just that the bullets deal less damage and the cannonballs deal more. I interpreted them as cannonballs and not bombs, but I think bombs make sense because they do explode on impact. Yeah, I also think cannonballs make sense. Yeah, but the cannonballs and fire deal different amounts of damage to different enemies. Like, there are some enemies that are submerged, so you see their shadow, and if you use the fire, that deals a ton of damage to them. Mm -hmm. Also, the fire is cool because you just draw a shape, and then that shape is a hitbox for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it took me a while to figure out how the fire works. I would just, like, draw a small line... And then it would just keep going, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. But also, I don't know if you guys tried this out or not, but when you're using the bullets to defend yourself or kill small enemies, if you just hold the stylus down, it shoots at a steady pace, even when it reloads. Like, it'll reload fast enough and then shoot at the same yeah. pace. Yeah, I mean, the reload is, like, almost non-existent for the bullets. Right. But, I mean, it honestly might as well not reload for the bullets, but I think the reason it does is so that it's consistent. You see that all of your weapons have to reload, so well, if you are not careful with the others, you'll I be I think it would help if they just put, like, maybe an infinity symbol next well, to the bullet. Well, not, that's not necessarily true, because if you tap, you can actually fire faster than that's if true. you just hold it yeah. down. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So you can deal damage to some of the smaller enemies very quickly by just tapping. But if you're trying to avoid getting hit by bullets, I find that just holding it down is fine. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, what I would do is, like, I would fire all of my bombs, and then while it was reloading, I would defend. Or I would use all of the fire, and then while I was reloading, I would defend. And I didn't feel myself having to switch between all three very often. It was usually back and forth bullets to one of the damaging weapons to bullets yeah. to one of the damaging weapons. And at the, initially, I had reservations against it like you guys i was like this doesn't seem super fun compared to the wave rider which is more of just an avoidance thing yeah but once i got into the flow i found using the fire effectively to be very rewarding and also you can use the bombs or cannonballs or whatever they are to blow up islands which is not very useful but it's really fun <laughs> no that's that's real 
You can blow up like these tiny rocks and a bunch of rings come out and it's hilarious to just destroy land masses and your ship the tails build for you. That's all I really yeah. wanted to say about the ship though. I, I don't think it's as good as the Wave Rider, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. There's also the Hovercraft, which is... it's. I, Steven described it earlier as a Star Fox game. Which is kind of true. You're you're moving along the surface of the water, so it's not it's not the 3D sort of Star Fox, and you are holding down on the touchpad and you're charging a laser. Yeah. And whenever you release it, however charged up it is, is how powerful that laser is. So if you tap it a lot, you'll shoot out a bunch of tiny lasers, which are good for really small bits. And if you hold it down, you can get a laser that will, I think, insta-kill pretty much everything. Besides Not, rocks. Yeah, and certain enemies as well will take two hits. But then also it'll pierce through things. Yeah. Which is the most valuable part of it. You can also, I don't know if you ever did this, but if you hit the L button or you move the stylus back and forth, you can yeah. spin it around to block bullets. Yeah. Which is what really reminded me of Star Fox, because that's what a barrel roll does, is avoid bullets in Star that's Fox. That's true. And, and so the hovercraft for me, I think, is the happy middle ground between the, like, sort of fun avoid things of the wave rider and the, like, no actually go after things of the ship. Yeah. You know? Is the hovercraft section kind of like the ship segment of Bach of Lunar Nights? A little bit? That's an interesting question, but it's closer actually to the wave rider because you can only move into uh, dimensions. Okay. Right, but I, I guess think one dimension. You can only move across one axis. Insofar as it's a shoot 'em up, yes. Yeah. Okay. The ship. I think the ship is more reminiscent because you're switching between different weapons like you do in Boktai. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I felt, but like it was in a weird perspective. Right. Yeah. Boktai. Oh man. Boktai four. The other thing is with the hovercraft, you're only shooting forward. You're not aiming like you are with the. With the ship. Well, you do have to aim insofar as yeah. where you are on the screen decides yeah. where the bullet will be. It's not Star Fox Zero. You can't yeah. make it shoot in a direction other than the one that you're facing. Right. And then finally, we have the submarine, which is my personal favorite. And it's kind of a rhythm game. Like, it's a very casual rhythm game where if you tap in time with the music, you'll do great. And if you have the sound off you'll pretty much not suffer because it's pretty lenient with the timing. Right. And a bunch of enemies will just sort of spawn, and then there will be, like, a, a time circle where, like, one of the circles is moving towards another steady circle. And when they line up, that's when you're supposed to tap, and you take out that enemy. And if you get the timing super wrong, you'll you'll miss, and then they'll do damage to you. Yeah. And that's pretty much the whole bit. There are some enemies that you have to, like, slide along the screen. And there are some times when a bunch of enemies show up and you have to tap, like, pretty quickly. Right. Just like most rhythm games, there's yeah. rapid segments and there's hold segments. And it's not, like, I mean, it's it's all, with all four of these, it's kind of randomly generated. So there's not, like, a specifically designed bit to synchronize with the song. But I like it the most, I think, out of the four of them, except maybe the Wave Rider. Yeah. I think the Wave Rider is definitely a good thing because it just reminds you of special stages from previous Sonic games, but you get to do it yeah. more leisurely now. Yeah. I find myself not using it for exploration very much, though, because it has the it has the lowest range. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I would just do it for fun, honestly. Yeah. And and I think all three of the others have, have pretty good range, but there's terrain that they can't cross. Uh, and right. so there's some situations where you'd want one over the other. Yeah. 
I definitely think that the ship should have come after the hovercraft. I think that's yeah. more difficult to do than the hovercraft. And I think the submarine, I don't know where that should have been because I didn't play it, but it seems like the submarine is pretty simple too. Yeah, I think in terms of exploration, it makes sense that the submarine comes last yeah. because that gives you access to parts of the map that just, like there's types of terrain that you wouldn't have access to otherwise, but also a lot of the early game stuff like shallow water you can't go through. Right. Yeah, and this kind of goes with me and Steve were kind of talking about before we start recording where it kind of reminds us of Donkey Kong Country 3 where you just get new vehicles that let you cross newer terrain. Obviously those games don't really have little mini game segments in between unless you count like the Game Boy Advance Cobra Triangle stuff. But right. that's just like that's not even for traveling. That's part of the core this it's part of the core game in Sonic Rush Adventure. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of Donkey Kong Country 3 in the vibes even, because in that game you're on an island that's surrounded by water, and it's fun to sort of go from place to place using the water and getting quicker abilities to do that whereas here it feels more like you're exploring an environment but there's not really you're not going back and forth in that environment I guess it's interesting but I'm, I'm glad that Charlie and I both got the same vibe on that because it, it means we were like thinking things the same way and a lot of people haven't played Donkey Kong Country 3 I honestly didn't think about it until you brought it up oh really? well I guess that's not totally true because I don't know it's a game that's has a better soundtrack on the Game Boy Advance, I'll say that much. That's for sure. But yeah, it's it's weird how they, they even have the same number of ships. They have four ships both, but they, it's it's different here because of the gameplay. Do you guys like the presence of these vehicles in the game? I think my biggest problem with them is that they don't really feed into the core loop in terms of how well you do in the game, in, in the minigame. Like, exploring... Finding a new, like, island, and then returning with materials, which we'll talk about, like, yeah. that, that is, like, good and fun, but how well you do in the vehicle minigame is not actually a part of that. It's just, did you survive? And surviving, with the exception of with the ship and sometimes with the hovercraft, specifically because I'm bad at it, yeah. is never difficult. It just right. requires paying attention. I kind of wish that they were all like the Wave Rider in that doing certain things right allowed you to get there faster. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, that the rings you get with each of them feed into your ring total. Oh, okay. So that's why I have 22,000 rings in this game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that'd, that'd do it. Yeah, but... All right, I take it back. They feed into the core loop. Yeah, they just don't feed into the getting to the islands themselves, which is yeah. worth noting, because I think that that would be more fun if like doing the ship well got you there faster. Yeah. Because the ship takes way too long. It really does. Especially because, so the camera starts facing forward, and then it slowly pans to the left. And then once it's fully panned, we got about two seconds of nothing before enemies start appearing. Right. And then at the end of the stage, the camera slowly pans forward again. But this time, you gotta wait several seconds to actually pass through the goal. And in the meantime, enemies at your left can still fire at you. Yeah, that was fucked. That was what I used the fire most for, was I would just drop the fire as a little line beside my ship. Yeah. But I think we're ready to move on to the next bit of discussion. Yes. So, as you explore the map using the four vehicles, you can find 
the islands that you need to go to to progress the game. Like, Tails will say, hey, we gotta go east to find ma the machine island. <laughs> and then you go there, and you beat that level, and what that does for you is it gives you these materials. Each certain big stage in the game, like, two acts and a boss, has a material associated with it. And typically you have to bring that t material back to Tails, and he'll build a new machine for you to get you to the next island that has new materials to get you the next machine until you have the submarine. And with each of these vehicles, you can get to different places on the map, and if you go to places that you're not necessarily told to explore, but places that have sort of outlines in the shape of an island, or just in the shape of a shallow, you can find hidden islands, which will give you different materials as well for completing them. And they also sometimes have a tablet on them that you need for a certain plot thing later on in the game that I didn't quite get to, and I think Isaiah just got to. I just, yeah, I didn't. It, what sucks is that I think you have to go back to the islands, like, once you get to that point, and you just have to remember which islands those are, which I do right. not, so I will be going back to all of the islands. I would go back to them in reverse order. But. Yeah. Well, I think they, they said each one is, a is like, you're able to get to it in a different vehicle. Right. Which is at least a hint as to how to cut down the process a little bit. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, it's weird that that's the process there, because that kind of punishes you for exploring early. But that's okay, because yeah. it's fun to go back to the levels. And each of the hidden islands comes with a tiny level. So it's usually about 30 seconds to a minute, if that much. And it's yeah. just kind of one concept. Like, one of them is a bunch of mushrooms, which act as really big springs, basically. So you just bounce around the mushrooms to get to the end. There's another one that's just, like, a series of short jumps and enemies. And then you get to the end. It, the simple concepts like that. And they're each based on kind of the the theme of an yeah. earlier level that you've been to. So you'll go to one, and it'll be based on Mushroom Kingdom, which is the first act. And that's the one that I was talking about that has all the mushrooms. And then they've also got ones that are, I think, just based on the training level, where you're running along a beach. Yeah. I think my favorite hidden island is the one that's just the hang glider. Yeah. yeah. Like, you start, and you're next to a hang glider, and then you just do hang glider stuff, and then you get off of it, and then you get onto a second one, and then that's the whole stage. Yeah. There was also one that was, like in like a beat-em-up there are just a bunch of enemies after some springs and i didn't get it at first but once i realized what they wanted me to do it was actually kind of fun because you can do a homing attack in this game and i think you yeah. could in rush as well but if you just jump and hit the r button it points you towards enemies and it was kind of fun for the game to be like hey use the combat mechanics that actually aren't terrible in this version of the game but using those materials i'm gonna retake that for a second but using those materials you can build the things that Tails wants you to build, but you can also go to some of the NPCs that you'll meet throughout this game and have them build you things to put on your island. Because this game not only has the sea map that you, like the sea chart that you use ships on, but you also have a, a more condensed like home like lobby map that shows up on the bottom screen, or the top screen, depending on whether or not you're engaged in a node on that map. Yeah. There's, like, rooms you can visit. Like, you can go to Marine's house, or you can go to the beach, or you can go to the dock where your ships are. And you can talk to these different koala people that will do different things for you. And some of them can take your materials and turn them into items for this island that you can see on the map, like a statue of Sonic, or a lighthouse, or a dinosaur. Yeah, there's, a, there's just a dinosaur. Yeah. And another way to get these things onto your island is to do missions. And essentially, NPCs will be like, Hey, 
if you do this mission for me, I'll give you a thing. That's how you get the dinosaur. There's also an NPC that can let you watch the cutscenes in this game again, and he'll have missions for you. I think he always has the Get 100 Rings mission. But basically, you'll talk to Marine after you get a mission, and she has a list of 99 of them, and you can do any of the ones you've unlocked, and they'll just get you access to different stuff. That's also how you get the Soul Emeralds, is you fight the bosses again on a harder difficulty. And when you unlock Hidden Islands, a lot of the missions are just beat the Hidden Island in a certain amount of time or something like that. So as you explore, you unlock Hidden Islands, and then as you talk to NPCs, they'll give you tasks to complete on those islands, and then that sort of builds up your home base. And it's really fun to just watch the home base develop as time goes on. Yeah. And there are 100 missions. Oh, it's not 99, it's 100? I. It might be 90... Well, now I don't remember. Uh, but <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure it's It's one of those two numbers. <laughs> it's a lot... It's, it's triple or nearly triple digits. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, like, well, I, I beat the game, so let me just, like, do a bunch of extra things. Yeah, most of them that have, like, a visual impact on your home base, which I feel like is really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, when that dude, there's a guy who you talk to after you've beaten the first level in the game. Like, you get him as an NPC after you beat the first level, and you can talk to him, and he says, Hey, if you do this mission, I'll give you a dinosaur that I found. And I was thinking to myself, does he mean, like, a fossil, or what? Like, he can't have possibly just, you know, found a dinosaur. And then you do his mission, and he puts a whole-ass brontosaurus that is bigger than the house that you were in, Where? just in the jungle next to your, like, Where island. Where did he find it? Where, Where did he, he find that dinosaur, and how has he brought it here? Maybe it was a, the roboticized T-Rex from the boss that you do to do the mission to get the dinosaur. Right, but that's a T-Rex, and then it's a brontosaurus when it's on the island. Yeah, but the T-Rex can stretch its neck out. That's true. Got me there. It's a bronted Rex. Brex. Brexitosaurus. It's a Brontyranosaurus. No, Steven, that's too political. But it's political for a country that we're not in. But they might listen to this. This podcast is international. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, you. well, now we're canceled. So, uh... The other thing you can find on the ocean besides the hidden islands, though, is this bastard Johnny... <laughs> Tell me about Johnny, Charlie. Johnny, Johnny. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So Johnny is a robot guy who has a shark head. Yeah, he has like a shark for a head. He has a shark for a head and just like a human body. I feel like I've seen that before. It's like, I guess it's like the the Zora in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the Breath of the Wild Zoras are like that. Shark head Johnny. He has a jet ski too. He heard that Sonic is fast, so he's going to race him. And that's how you get the Chaos Emeralds. Yeah. And I really like how it's integrated into the overworld instead of just like, uh, where's the thing I gotta find in the stage? It's just like, oh, it kind of makes you want to explore the map, which is safer than doing a stage because the stage you just want to finish. Yeah. Right. And it basically takes your jet ski skills from like, you know, standard traveling to, to the test, as it were. And so you race him and you use like, drafting i guess i guess it is drafting because he like leaves you a little speed boost that you have to go through to get through yeah and you gotta do ramp tricks you gotta avoid or destroy the the bombs on the floor it's pretty standard stuff right it's also got ring paths just like a traditional sonic special stage yeah but like i don't think the rings matter they give you boost whenever you collect them oh god that's true 
but I only played the first one, so I don't know anything else. Right, the first one's pretty easy. You don't need, like, a certain number of rings to get through a goal at the end, but at, later on, you'll have to collect enough rings to have a full enough boost meter to outboost Johnny at a certain point. Yeah, and by the time you get to the seventh Chaos Emerald, you basically gotta be frame perfect. The seventh Chaos Emerald is a butt nightmare. Yeah. Steven and I were both able to get through the sixth Chaos Emerald, which is actually incredible. I'm pretty sure when I was young, and when I say when I was young, I mean like three years ago, <laughs> when I went around and tried to complete this game, the seventh Chaos Emerald was what got, what got me to say, no, I'm not completing it. Yeah, it's real rough. I watched a video of it online, and I feel like it's impossible, and that guy cheated. Yeah. I, I can't reconcile with myself that I'm just not as good as he is. It doesn't make sense to me. You know what, though? It's weirdly, like, like I don't mind failing. Like, obviously, it sucks that I, like, literally can't succeed. But right. I just enjoy trying again. Like, I'm not frustrated, ever. It's so quick because it's just you lose and it's like, do you want to go again? And then if you do eventually give up, it's not like you have to go and find Johnny again. It, it'll mark him on your map so you can just drive over there. And the drive there is easy, so... Yeah. You can even drive there on your wave, wave Rider. Right, and the Wave Rider is so fun to use that failing the mission still feels fun because you get to ride the ocean and listen to that fun music. Yeah. It's also, like... I mean, it's a super short stage, and it's a little bit about memorization. So even if you're, like, going to lose, sometimes you'd be like, I'm going to reset. And sometimes you're like, no, I'm learning muscle memory here. Right. You know? But yeah, I think the special stages in this game are pretty good. I don't think they're necessarily the best special stage that we've ever had, but I think yeah. they might be the most accessible, which in some cases makes it the best special stage experience we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the presentation of them. Yeah, of, for sure. Of, like, you go out and you explore, and half the time, and when I say half the time, I mean almost all the time, I'm looking for islands, and I find Johnny, and it's a pleasant surprise. Right. Which is way better, I think, than, like, Sonic Rush, especially. Yeah, Sonic Rush's special stages might be the worst special stage experience. Yeah, where it's like, well, okay, I gotta get enough boost and get to a Circle Boy, and then boost through that Circle Boy for a while. Yeah. And then if I fail, I go back into the stage, and I find a place to grind out boost power and go back to that Circle Boy and repeat right. the process. And you also have to start out by even knowing that that's what that was. Yeah. Like, I don't which, think I had to look it up. Which I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I will say the special stage music in Sonic Rush is better. Yeah. I mean, I like the I wave. I think the music in Sonic Rush is better in general. Yeah. I don't think I necessarily disagree, but I think that the music in this game is alright. I don't think it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine. It's it's very pleasant. I think it, it nails the vibe it's going for. Yeah. I am especially a huge fan of the Mushroom Kingdom music. I think Mushroom Kingdom knocks it out of the park pretty well, and then after yeah. that, it's like a lateral movement from there. It gets like yeah. a little bit worse, and then it just kind of plateaus, and all the music is generally vibing around the level that it's based on. Like, the water level music, even though like it's not actually a water level, the coral level music yeah, sounds like you're in the ocean. It's got the marimbas in it and stuff like that. I think that this game does better with more traditional instrumentation because it's supposed to feel like a vacation, I think. Whereas Sonic Rush is more synthetic in every way possible. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's got a lot of sampling and stuff like that. This game doesn't do much sampling at all. Yeah. There's like a few vocal tracks or something. 
mostly during like boss sequences and stuff like that. Right. But I think that the music does a fine job of setting the tone, even if it's not great listening music necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with the music is that you hear the people talking to each other music so much. Kind of like in Sonic and the Secret Rings where you hear the menu <laughs> music too much. Yeah. In this one you hear this like calm, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just like Game Boy music where it's like, do, 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 and that's the whole thing. Yeah. When you're just talking to like the raccoon girl and some koalas yeah by the way all the npcs are koalas yeah all of them are koalas there is one like is it a polar bear it's a viking isaiah they're called vikings yeah no you're right but is it a polar bear though that was my interpretation yeah and all the rest of them are koalas and then one what what species is marine she's a raccoon she's a raccoon okay yeah she might be a tanuki in japan but she's a raccoon for us so do we want to talk about the story then? Yeah, tell us about Marine. I mostly yeah. just want to hear about what you think about Marine. Okay, so, like, I have extremely mixed opinions on Marine. Uh, a little bit of backstory. Okay. Yeah. So this game, Sonic and Tails are, like, flying Tails' plane over the ocean because they picked up a mysterious, like, yeah. signal. And they're like, let's drive into the signal. And then there's a tornado. And then <laughs> they drive into the tornado and crash onto an island and... Then they find Marine, who is a child and a raccoon and extremely Australian. Uncomfortably Australian. Over-the-top, like, parody-level Australian. Yeah, I'm not totally convinced that this is how real Australian people talk. I think <laughs> like, that... I mean, most of the time I, like, read her lyrics, I just hear it in the TF2 sniper's voice. Yeah, I, or, I like, actually... Nigel Thornberry's, like... I really like the dialogue because every single text bubble she says is interesting to read. Like, the way that she describes that she was young at the time in which, like, she met a person, she was like, yeah, I was just an ankle biter back then. And I was like, what an interesting choice of words. (laughs) But she has, like, three Australiaisms every sentence, which I feel like we don't use slang terms that much. And I can't imagine that in Australia, they're trying to sound as Australian as possible. (laughs) But she, I mean, every text bubble she has, she just has a colorful vocabulary, and I don't mean that she swears a lot. Sometimes, I mean, she uses the phrase bugger, which is not exactly. But, like, it's just, like, I love her dialogue boxes, but I also hate everything she says, because she's really annoying. Yeah, she's the little kid archetype. Yeah, she's like, she has declared herself the captain of the gang, and eventually Blaze joins, and Blaze just tolerates it. She kind of doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> she, she like to- <laughs> She gets so close to kicking her out, and then she's like, Tails and she- Sonic are like, no, nah, it's okay, and Blaze is like, okay, but you gotta promise to not fuck it up again Look, this time. Look, I know we're literally putting her life in danger by doing this thing, that she just she just wants to be involved because she likes the idea of the adventure, but like I don't want to hurt her feelings by telling her that she is definitely getting in the way when she comes <laughs> along, and that's that's the problem is that her character pretty much only exists to be annoying. Yeah, I also don't like the way she's introduced because she has this book that, for all we know, should be in a different language. Yeah, and she's reading it to try and figure out how to make a wave rider basically and tails grabs it from her and just tells her about it even though he literally has never been to this universe yeah he comes in and already knows more than marine about her own book in her own island 
That's something I should clarify. When they when they crash landed, they were basically transported into Blaze's universe. Yeah. So Sonic Rush, Blaze came to Sonic's universe, Sonic Rush Adventure, the script is flipped. Right. And now Sonic and Tails are in Blaze's universe. We're now in the future. Uh, where's Silver at? Yeah, where's where's uh, Silver? Uh, where's the camera that turns people into cards? Uh, where's the burning city? So after Iblis attacked, they flooded everything. Oh. Yeah, that explains it. One, okay, so the future is full of fire. And then Silver died in the flood. Yeah. Yeah. And Blaze, uh, <laughs> Blaze doesn't care because she's, you know, she's over it already. Yeah, she she mourns quickly. So the antagonist to this story is Robo Pirate Eggman. His name is Whiskers. His name is Captain Whiskers. He's what if we took a a robot, made him a pirate, and gave him a mustache? Yeah, and gave him two annoying sidekicks before Eggman had that. I mean, well, after depending on how you see it. Yeah. Wait, who are the two annoying? Oh, are you talking about Sonic X? Uh, no, well, I mean, yes. Sonic X, like, literally any Sonic cartoon except for Saturn. But those weren't Eggmans. Those were Robotniks until Sonic X where it's Eggman. I do think, like, those two sidekicks, like, very clearly inspired both of, both Whiskers' sidekicks and Orbot and Cubot in, like, right. later Sonic games. Yeah, but that's what I was referring to was that Orbot and Cubot show up. But, if like, anything, like, these two sidekicks were the precursor to Orbot and Cubot. Like, yeah, that was the that's test what I'm drive. getting at, yeah. Like, can we get away with this? And for the most part, in that game, no, because they don't really actually do anything funny. In in Rush Adventure or in Colors? In Rush Adventure. Yeah, I, I didn't super like them. They kind of just point whiskers in the direction of things you might want to pay attention to. Yeah. I wish they were, like, more visually interesting for pirates. Like, I wish they were both parrots that you saw doing parrot things, but the cutscenes yeah. in this game are visual novel setup where you just see stills, so they kind of just look like blue and green robots. Something that kind of bugs me about the visual novel stills is it just me, or are they definitely 2D renders of 3D models? Yeah, it's terrible. They, yeah. Like, she has blocky... Uh, she, Marine has blocky hands. Everybody has blocky hands. <laughs> like, their heads are normal shaped, but their hands are all cubes. Yeah, it's really weird. And it, like... Like, the the character expressions are fine. Like, there's, there's a pretty good range, but, like, they're all... It's so weird that it's 2D renders of 3D images. I like Sonic being exasperated with Marine. <laughs> because they're the same person. Like, Marine and Sonic both just want to, like, stick their nose in, in the shit that is going on. Yeah. But Sonic is capable, so we get a sequence where Marine is like, let's go check out this Frozen stuff, and Sonic's like, ugh. And then Sonic's like, whoa, wait, what's that over there? I just, I just wish they went somewhere with it that wasn't... Like, they say no to Marine eventually, and then she gets sad, and then they feel bad and take it back. Yeah. And then also, definitely later in the story, in a place I haven't gotten to, definitely she gets held hostage by Captain Whiskers. There's a 100% chance of that happening. <laughs> I also just wish that you could play as her. Like, why isn't she a playable character? She would be very neat as a playable character, I think, because she looks stylistically like a Sonic character, but she also looks like she's kind of trying to look like a Sonic character. Like, yeah. if you look closely at her gloves in official art and stuff like that, they aren't regular Sonic gloves. They don't have the... What do you call the part that goes around your wrist? for? It's not like a cuff, is it? Cuff might be the best, like... Yeah, but, like, I know what you're talking about. I yeah. guess, the, let's say it's a wristband. Like, hers looks different. It, it's not tight around her wrist. It looks like she just pulled some random, like, <laughs> raggedy gloves from the closet on to look more like a Sonic character. It's like she's trying to wear the Sonic gloves, but, like, she's still a child and they don't fit yet. 
Right, and I like that. Like, I I wish that she kind of was like Tails, you know, where she's not yeah. quite the same as Sonic, but she makes up for it with something else. But she doesn't have anything. She doesn't have like any cool power like Knuckles yeah. or Tails did. I'm sure she grows like at the end of the story, but like she's the same character in far too many cutscenes in a row. Yeah. For it to be like a satisfying payoff in any way. I think the best possible thing she could have done was to be like better at piloting than Tails is because Tails mm-hmm. is a great engineer, but I don't think we've ever seen him land a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> That's extremely true. He always crash lands. We have actually literally never seen him land a vehicle. Yeah. Like, every time the tornado is doing something, it's just crash landing, right? Yeah, every time... Like, in Sonic 3, right? Like, Tails catches Sonic when he's falling, and then later we see him jump off the plane. We never see the plane land. Yeah. I guess he has to land it at some point in Sonic Adventure to rescue Amy, right? But we don't see that on screen. And he doesn't rescue Amy, but he, like, takes Amy somewhere. In Sonic Adventure, there are three tornadoes literally all three of them crash because the first one at the very beginning he's using the chaos emerald and it goes out of control right the second one it gets shot down by eggman and the third one he didn't make landing gear so it crashes right but doesn't he get amy off of the ship at some point and then that's when you have to fight his final boss i think mm, no he flies amy off using his actual tails big the cat takes the tornado that's right <laughs> yeah somehow gets those wings out of the runway yeah, yeah. they're clipping fit? into the runway <laughs> how does he fit into it when it's designed for a child fox to fit in for a small boy He's got, like, one leg in it, and that leg is buckled in with the seatbelt, and the other leg is just <laughs> dangling off the side, and he's, like, sitting on the wing. He's, like, telling Froggy to hold on tight. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I think it would be awesome in, if, in this game, instead of <laughs> Sonic controlling the ship and the hovercraft and the submarine, Marine yeah, has to pilot them. And that would give her a purpose, yeah. Right, and maybe she could even do the Rave Rider, and you'd have to use Marine to explore. That would be fun. And she, then she doesn't need to have, like, a Sonic character special power, but she can yeah. have her own unique component. But instead, she only serves to kind of vaguely be excited. Yeah. And also, the, like, threat in this game is not very well defined, which I think is fine because it sort of is, like, a sort of vacation right. vibe. But I think the main conflict really only comes into play uh, in the last couple stages. Yeah. Like, uh, Captain Whiskers has stolen a scepter, but Blaze won't even explain the significance of it. Yeah, speaking of Blaze, how do you feel about her presence in this game? Do you feel like it's valuable? It feels a little bit obligatory. Like, I mean, obviously it's literally, it's a sequel to Sonic Rush, Blaze right. better be in it. But I kind of feel like she doesn't, like, there's nothing that happens in the game that requires Blaze's presence to sort of justify it. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? What do you think of Blaze's presence in this game? I mean, Isaiah's making a good point, like, narratively, but, like, I just like having the option of a different character to oh, play yeah. as. Right. Especially if it, like, I don't have to, like, do another campaign with them or whatever. Yeah, so basically just, they don't really need to be important to the story. You would rather they just be a character in general. Yeah. Like, if Marine was playable for some reason, I'd be like, oh, yeah, another character. Yeah, that's what I was kind of wanting. I kind of... 
in my opinion, I think it would have been really cool if Blaze was tied narratively to Marine. Like if Blaze. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. If Blaze and Marine were friends, but Blaze was like a big sister figure to Marine, effectively. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't really make sense though, because in the current narrative, it seems like the koalas adopted Marine, basically. Yeah. Like don't don't they feel like a family? Yeah, I mean, like all the koalas like know her. She has a relationship with all of them. There's one that knew her when she was, uh, as she said, an ankle biter. Right. God. <laughs> so it, it seems like, and Blaze is clearly part of a royal family. So it seems yeah. sort of like she's entirely unrelated to these people because she gets on the island and is just hanging out there, and they're all like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe a celebrity is here." <laughs> Yeah, like it really just doesn't make any narrative sense whatsoever that Blaze would be here, but she's here, and I'm willing to accept that. Right. But they kind of don't do anything with the fact that she's here. Yeah, other than that she knows about the scepter. Yeah, and also she gets annoyed at Marine, as we all do. Right. But isn't willing to go the extra step and kick her out of the boat. <laughs> I really just wish Marine could pilot a ship. That'd be so cool. You know what? I would be I would be super into that. Either Marine pilots a ship or Blaze is connected with her in some way that like sort of ties us emotionally to her right. through Blaze's desire to see her grow as a person. We don't need both. We just want one of these things that would make the narrative vastly improved. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's more or less about it for Sonic Rush Adventure. Yeah? Do you guys like yeah. Marine's design? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I, I thought so. I I enjoy... I think she's a cool color for a Sonic character because she's green and orange, which we haven't really had before. Yeah. That's extremely true. You know you know what's interesting to me is the the way that Blaze interacts with Cream in the first game Yes. versus the way that she interacts with Marine in the second game. Yeah. Like, her and Cream seem like such great friends in the yeah. first game. Very <laughs> genuinely. And, like, Cream and Marine are both, like, equally excited, except that... Marine is excited about doing things. Yeah, and Cream is just excited about meeting people. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it, it's interesting because it, it with Cream, it catches Blaze off guard. And, like, that eventually is why she is, like, into it. Because, like, her defenses are lowered out of surprise. Versus right. with Marine, she's just like, oh, this kid is just annoying and going to get into trouble. So I just have to be angry at her the whole right. time. It seemed like a great chance to introduce this concept of Blaze having changed as a person by meeting Cream yeah. and being more understanding of Marine's situation where she's a little kid yeah. that just wants yeah. to, to beat to play with the big kids. Yeah. But instead, it seems like she's learned nothing. In fact, she doesn't even acknowledge Cream, does she? Yeah, no, yeah, there's no reference to... There's actually pretty much no references to the events of the first game other than that Blaze was in Sonic's world then right. and now they're in her world and Eggman Nega is nowhere to be seen right <laughs> yeah not he's, even mentioned he's a canon Sonic 06 character now oh god so that uh, yeah that's definitely it now that we've acknowledged Eggman Nega yeah I want character development to happen in Sonic games and I feel like Blaze is such a fantastic choice because she's only a major character in three games right and she's really not herself in 06. Yeah. Like, her relationship with Silver... God, if only Silver were from the Rush universe, that would be way cooler than what is actually the case, which is that he's from the future. Yeah. Because then we could have Blaze be 
still from a different universe and have relationships with characters that are now connected to the Sonic universe in a neat way. Yeah. But nope. <laughs> they just picked her up and dropped her off back at home after Sonic 06 was done. Yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Sonic Rush Adventure. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, for sure. I still can't decide if I like it more or less than Sonic Rush. Yeah, it, same. It feels like a vacation, which I think is great. I think yeah. maybe that this is truly the vacation of Sonic games. Yeah, you know what? I agree completely. An involuntary vacation. Yeah. Okay, Sonic Rush Adventure is a vacation. Sonic Battle is a staycation. For sure. Damn. Dude, Sonic Battle's great. Also, Sonic Drift is a vacation, because Sonic drives a car when he's when he's not running around. Yeah. He's like, it's time for me to relax, but I still want to go fast, so I'm just going to hop in my car. Yeah, and then drive by the beach. It's so nice. Oh, yeah. Is this the first good game we've played for this generation of Sonic? Um, I guess so. Yeah, it still feels like it's the it's the last generation. Yeah, doesn't it? It's like a it's like a carryover. Yeah, we we still have like vestiges of pre oh six. They were getting out of our system. Yeah, like good Blaze. Yeah, <laughs> that good Blaze gameplay. Gotta get that good Blaze. <laughs> We've got tails crashing planes like the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> Tails crashing a plane really is a callback. Back when Tails did literally anything. <laughs> now he just crashes the game by producing too many rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next time it's back to bullshit with Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. Hashtag back to bullshit. <laughs> I can't... I, I have never played this game, so I don't know if maybe the gameplay is actually really gripping or something, but I can't imagine that it is. I've played five minutes of it, and I feel like I understand it perfectly. It's just like a party game, right? Yeah. Okay. We'll see how it is. Charlie, what do, what do you think about Sonic, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic... How do you feel about Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games? It's not even winter. The Olympic it's Games. Winter it's games. not even the winter one. the first one. For some reason, winter rolls off the tongue more. Well, I can imagine that it's not going to be as good as London. Well, dang. There's like, what, six of these? Five? Uh, they make a new one every two years, with the exception of that one time they didn't. I think there is six. Because we, including the one that's coming out on Switch. Yeah. Which will be the second Sonic game to have come out since we started the show, right? Yeah. Unless we count Mania Plus as a separate game. We do uh. not. Because Forces came out right before we started, right? Right. And yeah. then it was Mania Plus, and then Team Sonic Racing, and now Mario and Sonic at the. Sochi? There's also, like, a mobile Sonic Racing game, but I think it's just Team Sonic Racing again. Right. There's also, like, a couple other mobile games, but I think I'm trying to decide whether or not... We kind of have to skip them, because there's, like... I would like to, but the way a lot of them are, like, structured, you just literally can't. Like, some of them you can't play. There's one that just has drastically changed so much that... Like, if we played it on launch and played it now, they would be two totally different games. Well, there's not only that, but there's a ton of them that are not available anymore. And yeah. there's... So, apparently, there's a handheld version of Sonic Unleashed that was only available on, like, Nokia phones. Oh. We definitely can't play that anymore. It was also yeah. garbage, from what I understand, but... It, it sucks to say that if the game was on a phone, it doesn't count, but, like... Yeah. Just the way the... Just the way games are made... That just kind of is how it goes. Yeah, because I wanted to play Sonic Runners for the show and stuff like that. And there's a couple other ones that came out, but they've all been shut down besides the two most recent ones. Like, there's one for Sonic Boom that I think is shut down. Yeah. 
I would like to do maybe like a special episode on one of the ones that we can play. Yeah, you know? for sure. I think that at the end of all of this, we're going to take a look back and I'll talk about... There, there are other Sonic visual gameplay experiences. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to call them <laughs> video games. I want a Sonic the Hedgehog visual novel. <laughs> Not that. We already have that. You just played it. But yes. <laughs> we've got like... There's Sonic arcade games that we can't play. Yeah. There's like the Sonic waku patrol car thing or something that is like a children's ride in japan that i would love to vlog one day if we can find one <laughs> there's this thing called the sega pico which is like a leapster like yeah. a sega made leapster and i definitely want to buy one of those at some point and do a video on that but like that's not stuff that i think was integral to our process no i mean we already skipped the sonic x on leapster right we also like we skipped tails first first video and game Sonic himself. Schoolhouse. Yeah, that was another one. Sonic Schoolhouse was one that I asked Isaiah. I was like, do we play Sonic Schoolhouse? And he said, no. Yeah. Isaiah said I, I shut no. it down. But I would like to do maybe like a special later on where we play a bunch of like weird Sonic games that we don't necessarily yeah. want to hold up to the same it's, standards. It's, a, as... it's quite a bit more cost prohibitive than most of the other games on our list. Just because of the sheer rarity of those things now. Right. But I, I definitely would like to check that out later on. But yeah, yeah there, there will be some things that we bypass. But every Sonic game that came out on a, quote, real console <laughs> should be discussed here. And I think I think so far we've nailed that. Yeah. And next up, it's Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Winter. <laughs> at the yeah. Olympic Games. Not the Olympic Winter Games. That's the one after this. <laughs> you can Mario and Sonic at the Olympic. Mario, Mario and Sonic at the... 2012 Olympic summer, winter, spring, fall. At the same time. Beijing, Sochi. <laughs> Be- Beijing, Sochi. Gotta catch them all. On ice. And knuckles. Dude, you can't catch them all anymore. Okay. Fucking, Bye. Fucking We're Dexit. ending the podcast. <laughs> and also cut like half of all of this out. Nah, whatever. It's a short episode. Well, it's not anymore, but it was a short episode. <laughs> Hey, so we got some mail. Mail time, mail time, mail time, mail time. Okay. Yeah, we got our first email. So we got it actually a little bit after the uh, recording this episode. So we're recording this response in post, but we're going to, it'll be right in here. So you can go ahead with the email, Charlie. I, I just want to say we got it a month ago. No, dude, don't. <laughs> we got it. We got it a little bit after the recording and we're adding it in in post. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. So we, we haven't this... been trying to get this recorded for three weeks, Charlie. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Hi, NSD guys. My name is Robin, and I am a junior at UMass Amherst, taking an anthropology class called Games, Culture, and Power. For our first project, we are doing an analysis of a game, and the game I chose was the one and only Sonic Adventure. Okay, I guess there's two of them. Since this is a cultural anthro class. One of the options we have for analysis is looking at cultural representation and identities, including gender issues with our chosen game. This immediately made me think of a conversation you guys had about an hour into your Sonic Adventure episode about whether or not Amy was a damsel in distress. In addition to this, within the same episode you guys make a lot of good points about unreliable narrators, and narration is another quality we can choose to examine for our analysis. So they asked if we were comfortable being cited in their paper. Uh, which, of course, we said yes to. Yeah, right away. 
And shortly after this email, we've had a little bit of a correspondence, and it turns out that they got an A for their paper. So we're all super proud. Congratulations, Robin. Yeah. So with that, I think we can just get back to the regular outro. Whoa! <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, at NoSpinDashZone. You can email us using the email account, NoSpinDashZone at gmail.com. And you can watch us occasionally on Twitch at using the URL, twitch.tv slash NoSpinDashZone. You can follow me at DrawsCharlie, where I draw something every day. Isaiah, you're supposed to do the Patreon. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nsdz, where we have two shows that are available exclusive to Patreon at different tiers. You will also access our Discord. And, of course, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. Sorry, let me try that again. I-S-I-A-H Games. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Absolutely. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Merry Christmas. We'll see you at the Olympics. Better get training. We'd like to thank the LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.